missionary. Uh, we went to school together. It wasn't just because we went to school together. It's just that he was always uh, out to win souls. And, and uh, he went to Africa where the blacks are. And uh, he, he, in Pensacola, Florida, he was always uh, working with the blacks. It just was something in his na uh, nature. When he was in Arkansas, where he grew up, uh, he had a paper route, and he was also working with the blacks. Uh, that's just what Mike did, and it's just an amazing thing. So tonight, we're, we're still studying about the Holy Spirit. Last week, I hit uh, a couple of verses. Go to John chapter 16. And so many times, just like he just said, uh, we go out and tell somebody, and the guy goes, wow, wow, wow. Salvation is about as easy as you could possibly get, but it's, it, the, the world today confuses the whole thing. We went to a funeral today, and uh, it was Cassandra's uh, great-grandmother, uh, great-grandmother, I believe, uh, had passed away. And this guy comes in, and, and he has this little thing around his neck. And uh, he looked like a—and Joe, the first thing Joe Harris goes, is he Catholic? I'm going to know he's not Catholic, man, because he doesn't have the rest of the garb on. But he kind of looked like it. So as he, was, as he was talking up there, and he was saying love and— and all there's a joy and happiness and peace and all that. But never mention the gospel. Uh, what was a blessing was Cassandra at the very end got up, but I thought she was going to hit him. Uh, but she goes, aren't you going to say anything about salvation? Aren't you going to tell him how to get saved? Aren't you going to do this? And he never would do it. And then at the graveside, I guess they were trying to get him to do that, and he just wouldn't do it. Uh, salvation is something that each and every one of us need to hear about. We need to know about it. The Holy Spirit's job, and so we get to the thing about the Holy Spirit. We think God is love and God loves us all. And that's not necessarily true. It is in a sense, but God has a, a thing that he's going to do, and he does it a certain way, and he did it through his son, Jesus Christ. And if you don't follow that path, you cannot get to heaven. There's no possible way to get there. Uh, salvation is through a man named Jesus Christ and the blood he shed at Calvary, and that's it, plus nothing or minus nothing. And without that, a person does not get into heaven. You say, well, how do I know? Well, it's simple. Uh, the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Have you ever believed? If you haven't, you're not saved. And if you have, I've had people say, well, I, I've, I've led Catholics to the Lord a, a ton of times. Anyways, John 16, John 16, 13. Am I in the right place? No, I'm in 15, 13. That don't look like 16, 13. All right, he says, uh, nevertheless, verse 7. Uh, 16, 7. We'll go there. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. And that's why I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. Christ is telling you what he's done. Uh, Brother Dobbins sit there and said, you know, uh, this guy was, wow, 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 man, you just cleared up a bunch of stuff about salvation. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. That's Christ talking. He's talking about his, his death on the cross. For if I go away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Uh, of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to the fa my father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Believe me, I mean, that was a mouthful right there. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you in all truth and he, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, uh, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Thank you for the word of God. Uh, Lord, thank you for a Bible, Lord, that explains to us exactly what goes on and how, how we can uh, become part of this and, and know exactly what we're doing. Lord, this isn't a, a push, a, I believe, button. Lord, this is a, an actual, I know exactly what I did. 
I know what I did 43 years ago on a back porch in Louisville, Kentucky, Lord, and it has sustained me for 43 years and it'll sustain me till the day I die. Lord, I want to thank you for that. I pray for those at that funeral today, Lord, that the gospel somehow, uh, Lord, they'll get the gospel, uh, not, maybe not via that man, but somebody else will be able to give them the gospel. And Lord, again, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your kindnesses. Thank you for letting us come to church tonight. Lord, I pray that you start preparing our hearts for what's going to start month, Sunday uh, with Brother Pilkington, Lord. And uh, Lord, that you just uh, open our minds and our hearts uh, to the Word of God. And Father, be with Brother Peacock as he's up in Ada tonight preaching up there. And uh, Lord, this is his night last night. And he's got a couple other prayer requests the Lord he's asked us to pray about. And uh, Father, I just uh, mentioned those as unspoken, Lord, but that you'd listen to those and, and answer those prayer requests also. And thank you for your blessings, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. The Holy Spirit, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what I'm talking about, I'm not talking about anything else other than the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit's job is. The Holy Spirit has a job. Always had a job, always will have a job. And the problem is, is a lot of people, we just don't know what his job is. And we keep thinking that, well, I kind of know what it is. Maybe it's what it is, and it's this. And no, the Holy Spirit, he, he uh, intercedes, he teaches. Right now I'm talking about him teaching. Uh, he testifies, he testifies of, the, of the Father, the Son, uh, mainly Jesus Christ. But he teaches. And here in John 3, uh, 3.16, he's teaching you something. Uh, go back to Proverbs chapter 1. If you don't read Proverbs, you're missing it, man. I'm telling you, you're missing it. Well, as a matter of fact, if you don't read your Bible, you're missing it. There is so much stuff in this book that is written to you personally. Uh, it's written in a way that it could be uh, construed uh, that it, they'll say, well, that's Old Testament. I don't understand that. It's simple. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. Uh, to give subtlety to the simple, to, uh, to the young man, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall obtain unto wise counsel. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the word of the wise and their dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of thy father. Now, if you go also down to, hang on one second, uh, before I go any further with that one. I'll let me look over here. I got, I got the rest of these verses here. Go down to verse 10. If you're not going to listen, that's the Holy Spirit talking right there. If you're not going to listen, he says over here in verse 10. He goes, my son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. That means stay away from it. Abstain from all appearances of evil. Get away from it. Go away from it. Don't get around them. You need to understand what sin is. Now, the job over here at the Holy Spirit is to convince men of sin. That's his job, to show you that you're a sinner. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's job number one. His, his, if he had a resume, he would have three things on his resume, and his three things on his resume is going to be talking about Jesus Christ. A man doesn't go to hell because he sins. A man goes to hell because he doesn't accept the cure, which is Jesus Christ. All have sinned. Everybody after they got saved sinned. Nobody, nobody gets away from sinning. You're, if you haven't sinned, I don't, I'm looking, I don't see no halos out there right now going around the people's head. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's the Bible. Knowing that, knowing that, what you do now, the Holy Spirit's convinced you. That's the Holy Spirit convinced you. If you think you're okay, you got a problem with you and the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit's going to convince you of sin. Uh, right here in 10, he goes, My son, if sinners entice thee, can sit thou not. Now go down to verse 22. How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? 
and the scorners delight in their scorning. And fools hate knowledge. So if you hate knowledge and you don't read your Bible, the Lord calls you a fool. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on, unto you. I will make known my words unto you. The Lord's given you, he's given you an, uh, an attempt. He's trying to, God's offer. But I got a little note here. God's offer. Option number one. If you listen, I will pour out on you. But then go to verse 24. If you don't, option number two. Because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regardeth. But you have set at naught all my counsel and with none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your sins, uh, when your fear cometh. When you're, you know what, you can tell always some, where somebody's walk is with Jesus Christ when they start getting in trouble. Uh, they start getting all scared. They start running around in circles and they don't know what quite to do. Uh, if you have a good, good dose of Jesus Christ in your life and you know exactly who saved you, after a while in this thing, you'll get to the place where, man, I've been here, done that before, got the T-shirt, this too shall pass, and you just kind of grit your teeth and bear it and go right on through it, and you try to put a smile on your face, and you just go on right through it. He goes, I will laugh at your calamity. This, I always kind of laughed at this one as I was reading it because I'm like, Lord, I said, I don't ever want you to really laugh at my calamity. And he goes, I won't if you listen. He goes, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh. And see, the desolation, destruction, fear. I mean, this stuff is coming for those who don't want to listen to the Spirit of God. So you'll get into a lot of things. That, and the, the Bible starts teaching you the Holy Spirit what he does. He's, he's convicting you of sin. So you can do the first John 1 and get it out of the way. And get that thing under the blood of Jesus Christ and move on. And keep it under the blood and move on. So he's going to convince you of sin. So like I said, no man dies uh, no man uh, goes to hell because he sins. Oh, go to verse 2, chapter 2, verse 1. You say, well, that's Old Testament. I've had people tell me that. That's Old Testament. That's David talking to Solomon or Solomon talking to his son. I'm like, yeah, okay, you can say whatever you want. Well, when you start reading your Bible, it goes, my son, if thou will receive my words. Whose words? The Lord's words. My words and hide my commandment with thee. You got a Bible sitting in your hand that was given to you by God, written by men. God ordained those men to write exactly what he wanted, down to the jot and tittle. He knows exactly what that book is going to say and how it's going to say. And he, I don't have a problem with that. People say, well, men wrote that book. Well, wait a second. If God can build a universe and speak it into being, I don't think he's really going to have any problem with getting somebody to write something exactly like he wants it. I don't think he's going to have, I, don't, I just don't think he does. And when I'm reading this, I tell him. <laughs> I said, you weren't there when I got saved, so you can't have no part of me getting my, getting my salvation, and you can't have no part of me losing it. So since he's the only one who has any part in that thing, he told me, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. I'm pretty much done with it. He said over there, he goes, that you may know you have eternal life, and he showed me I had eternal life. I, I said, hey, I want to know. I'd like to know. I'm, I'm inquiring minds want to know. I, I'd like to know if I have eternal life. I mean, it's a good thing to know that. It's a good thing to, you should know if you're going to heaven or if you're going to hell. There's only two options. It's pretty basic, heaven or hell. And if you don't know you're going to heaven, guess what? You're going to hell. That's just that simple. I like it, man. I like a simple book like that. It makes it real simple. My son, if thou will receive my words. My son. As I was reading that thing and I come across it, my son, my son, my son. I felt like he was talking to me. And I didn't really care what anybody else said. Oh, that's, that's Solomon talking to his son. Fine. Maybe in the day it was. But the Lord chose those words so that uh, this was written in 1000 B.C. 3000 years later, there's... Some kid from Kentucky could pick up a book and start reading it 
and he'd say, my son, and I think he's talking to me. You know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit. Somebody else will just say, it's just somebody else's words, and that is written to Solomon. The Holy Spirit goes, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> the Lord Jesus Christ wrote those to you. Do you believe that? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, okay, I'll teach you some other things. My son, if thou will receive my words, hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. You know what happens when you don't read your Bible? You're not applying your heart to nothing. You're applying it to what the world has. The world has no answer for you. Never will have an answer for you. What it'll do is give you a temporal answer, but it won't give you that finality that you're looking for. I'm looking for something at the end of this thing that is worth working for. And that's not my social security check. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as hid treasures. So you need to look for some things in the Bible. You know what you do? You just sit down and read your Bible. I read my Bible. I don't like reading my Bible all the time. I don't like it. I tell people all the time, I said, I, those who read and enjoy reading, I thank God for you. Those who write books and write books that have some meaning to them and some substance, I thank God for those people. I'm just not one of those people. But boy, I know one thing. When I sit down and read my Bible, usually I don't want to sit down and read it. And by the time I get done, I don't want to get up from reading it. I want to keep reading it. I have to cut it off. I got a Bible program. Go over to chapter three. My son, forget not my law. So the Holy Spirit is going to put something in you. And the whole thing he's going to do is he's going to put stuff in your mind to keep you out of trouble. If you heed it, he won't laugh at you. But guess what? There comes a day where God says, I tried to tell you, I tried to tell you, I tried to tell you. And there's a brick wall and he's going to let you run right in that brick wall. You want to run that brick wall? Fine. Hit that brick wall. It's your brick wall. Uh, I'm trying to get you out of it. He goes, sometimes I'll run you right through a brick wall for your own good. But sometimes I'm warning you that that's here. That's the Holy Spirit guiding and directing our steps. Keep on going right here. It goes, for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. This is my favorite verse. I sign my, anybody ever asked me to sign my Bible or Bible, this is what I sign. Trust in the Lord, not in anything else, with all thine heart. That's a hard thing to do. That's a, that's a work you have to learn how to do. You have to get to the place where everything else goes off the wayside. You have to check your heart every time that you go to do, put your trust somewhere and say, is it in the Lord? Is this what the Lord wants, not in man? And lean not unto thine own understanding. This is a danger up here. Hey, there's smart people in the world, lots of them, ladies and men both. And they'll, they'll depend on their mind when they should be dependent on the Lord. I don't care what I think. It, it says, what does he say? In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I was driving out to uh, Circleville to pick up some air conditioners. Uh, all the way out there, I kept saying, Lord, I, I cannot. I turned the radio off everything. I said, I cannot. I cannot. I cannot direct my steps. I cannot do it. I'm going to mess up. I said, I already know what I'm going to do. I'm going to mess up. I said, I cannot direct my steps. An hour and a half out, 90 miles out. You say, what do you do? I sit there and just talk to the Lord and tell him how bad I am. I messed up. I said, if I try to direct my steps, I'm going to mess up. I said, you have got to help me. You've got to show me what to do. He was already showed you what to do. I know, I know, but you got to keep doing it because I'm stupid. You got to show me. You just got to show me. I get out there. The guy, uh, uh, the, the air conditioners were $1,000. I thought I had some money in my pocket, but my wife somehow got all of it. Uh, I had a bunch of $100 bills in my pocket at one time, and I never do tell her that I got stuff in my pocket, but somehow the Lord got convicted me or something, and I gave them all to her. And so, but I forgot that I gave them to her, so I was under a trance or something. 
her eyes were glistening at me and glittering and everything. I just lost it. Something, something happened bad because I gave her all my money. <laughs> so I get out there in my heart and in my mind, I know I got twelve, thirteen hundred dollars in my wallet. I get out there, I got four hundred and fifty bucks in my wallet. I'm like, man, it's an hour and a half out and an hour and a half back and another hour and a half back. And the guy goes, and we start talking about Jesus. We talk about the Lord. He's a little lukewarm. He's a little charismatic, not charismatic, contemporary. And he started talking about something. You know, I never did say, hey, you wicked devil. You don't believe this. You don't. No, I never did. I, I found common ground that we could talk on. And me and him just sit there and lifted up Jesus Christ for the 15, 20, 30 minutes we sit there and talk. When we got done, he said, hey, Mike, he said, give me the 450 bucks you got in your pocket. Mail me a check for 550. I said, okay. You know, the guy trusted me. He didn't trust me too far because he took a picture of the back of the van. License plate. <laughs> but it was funny, man. We sit there having a good conversation about Jesus Christ. I drove away with the, the air conditioners. They got them out there in the trailer. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, I said, you got to direct my steps. The Lord said, I will. Just, be, just lift me up. Just lift me up. You know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit. Brother, so many times that guy today at that funeral said a lot of nice things. Andrew said it, uh, him and Cassandra went up and tried to get him to say something about Jesus Christ and how to get saved, and he couldn't say the words. He didn't know how to say it. You know what he did? He's, somebody taught him how to say stuff to comfort people. Comforting them is not going to help them if they don't get to heaven. If you, you comfort somebody and they feel okay in this life and they die and they bury them and they find themselves the moment they take their last breath in a place called hell, that is not comforting. But boy, you tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Now that's where the Holy Spirit comes in this thing because he'll testify to the words you speak. People say, well, how do you know that? I've sit in churches and listened to somebody speak and I'm like, yeah, man, yeah. Other people say, well, I've heard that before. I'm like, no, man, that's good. Did you just hear what he said? That was the Holy Spirit saying, you will listen and they won't. There's where the problem lies. Are you, are your, is your mind open to what God has to say? Uh, so no man goes to hell for, for sinning. He goes to hell because he rejects the cure. All sin. Now, here you go. Here's a good one. Everything. I'm done with sin. I'm going to go right into uh, righteousness. I like righteousness. That's a cool one. All sin. The Holy Spirit's job is to convict men of sin. He only says sin one time. Sin. Singular. All sins are combined down to one thing. Sin. And the Holy Spirit's job is to convict you that you're a sinner. If you say you're not a sinner, you deceive yourself, and the truth is not in you. That's what First John says. So you got to get to the place where you sit there and say, I'm not saying, oh, God, I'm a sinner. I'm with you. Well, maybe you should get there. It's a pretty good place to be sometime, too. But, and you don't have to live there all the time. But knowing that, you will know what he did for you. That's the Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit's job was to convict you that you were a sinner. And that you now are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, of righteousness. Take your Bible. I was reading this today, man. I was reading this passage today. Go to Acts 24. I, I just read this. And I was thinking of this exact same passage uh, when I was reading it and what I was going to teach tonight. And then as I was studying, the, the commentary that I was looking at used the exact same verses. I'm thinking, what a thing, man. Somebody, great minds, I'm not saying I got a great mind, but uh, the great mind of the Holy Spirit, and you get in that thing, he makes you think just like you're supposed to think. Acts 24, I like this, uh, verse 24. Paul's in trouble. 
Uh, Paul, Paul always gets in trouble, man. He gets in trouble for talking about Jesus Christ. So if you want to stay out of trouble, don't talk about Jesus Christ. Uh, we'll find other ways to get in trouble. But if you want to get in trouble for the Lord, just start talking about Jesus Christ, man. It'll come through. He's, uh, so he gets locked up in jail. They're trying to kill him and everything else. And it says, and after certain days, verse 24, 24, 24, after certain days, when Felix came with his wife to Drusilla, which was a Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith of, uh, in, G in Christ. And as he reasoned, Paul was reasoned of righteousness. That's Jesus Christ. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. God's righteousness is Jesus Christ. You know what that means? You and I could not have ever got there. There was no way, no way in, in eternity for anybody to ever get to God unless you have God's righteousness. And that thing had to be developed, and it was already there. Jesus Christ came through. That's why he came and was born of a woman, lived like he did, died at a cross and shed his blood at Calvary, because Jesus Christ is God's righteousness. That's why there's only one way. There isn't, people say, well, you know, if you just do good, doing good is okay. I like people that do good. I know a lot of people that do good, but just because you do good don't mean you're going to get in heaven. And guess what? Just because you do bad don't mean you won't go there either. All you got to do is find Jesus Christ and realize that's God's righteousness right there. We'll go into that in a second. Drusilla, he goes, and as he reasoned of righteousness and temperance, you know, sometimes you need to abstain from some things. You need to control your flesh. Paul's sitting there. He's talking about righteousness. He's talking about Jesus Christ. They don't give you the whole context of the conversation he's having. But, boy, he's preaching them. He's preaching righteousness. Jesus Christ died. He, birthed, he was sinless. He lived his life sinless. And he died on the cross at Calvary, shed his blood, that you could go to heaven. Hey, Felix, don't you want to go to heaven? Boy, he's nailing him, man. Nailing him. Paul, Paul keeps on going. You know what our problem is? That we have no zeal. We've lost it. We're afraid to say, tell somebody really what we feel. Tell me really how you feel. I've had people come up, and after I've talked for a while, they go, tell me really how you feel. <laughs> I think they already know how I feel. I had a friend of mine the other day that told me, he goes, boy, I wish I had some of your zeal. <laughs> if I could just give you some, I know what he was saying. If I could give you some knowledge and some brains and that zeal combined together, you'd probably be pretty good. <laughs> but zeal's okay. Zeal, it's, I'd rather have some zeal than, and, and talk about Jesus Christ and have all the knowledge in the world and just sound like a dead dish rag. Well, you're talking about God. You're not talking about, you're not just talking about somebody down the street or Bush or Biden or, or Trump or, or the Lord. You're not talking about none of that stuff. You're talking about God. God manifest in the flesh. You're talking about Jesus Christ. You're talking about the Savior of the world. Why can't you get a little excited about that? I think you should get teeny weeny bit excited. I try to get excited. I tell you where I come in most of the time, I'm like, I don't feel like preaching. Man. After a couple of minutes, I feel okay. Singing does it. And as he reasoned righteousness and temperance, you know what Felix's problem was? He wasn't temperate. That guy didn't restrain his flesh probably at all, man. He had all the money in the world. He was part of Roman, uh, the Roman law and the justice system and everything else, like Pilate and like uh, Festus. I'm going to talk about Festus in a second. But he was just like those guys. There was nothing holding him back. He made the rules. Man, I tell you what, if you... Uh, I, was, I did. On the way back, I turned the radio on, got some stupid radio station in, in Columbus, and it was a station of color, which is okay. I don't really care about that. I've heard, I've heard people all over the world. But these guys were sitting there saying, talking about the 17 or 18 indictments of people who got indicted, I guess, and I don't know who all they were, but a, bunch of, a whole bunch of them. And, and it goes a big conspiracy and all this, and, and if birds of a feather flock together, and I'm like... Yeah. Everything you're saying on this side, just, just surface, 
is the same thing your guys are doing on this side and worse. And yet you don't see that. You don't even care about that. And people would bring that up and they, oh, no, no, we don't want to talk about it. We want to talk about this. I've had people say, well, apples and oranges. Don't, bring, don't mix apples and oranges. There ain't no apples and oranges. They're all apples or they're all oranges and everything's a mess. And if you really trust that at that level, they're going to do what they want to do anyways. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. The best thing you can do is pray that you never get in power. Because if you do, I don't care who you are, you're going to do what you think you should do. And the chances of you doing what God says do is slim to none. Because man's going to get in and start putting his thumb down, and then you're going to be a, a heretic just like everybody else. You know what the best thing you can do is stay humble, find yourself a hole in the background somewhere, and let God bring you out of that thing when he wants to and put you right back in. Keeps you out of trouble. But he goes on, Felix is sitting here, he goes, as he reasoned of righteousness and temperance and judgment to come. You're going to burn, Felix, you're going to burn. There's a place out there called heaven, there's a place called hell. You know, Paul never really mentions hell. It doesn't tell you, mention it, but I'm sure he's telling me that judgment coming and one day the Lord's going to open up, the lake of fire is going to swallow him up. And he just goes through all that stuff and Paul's sitting there preaching at him. And he goes, uh, he said, Felix trembled and answered to come. He said, judgment to come. You know, there's a judgment coming. Everyone in this room, there's a judgment coming. Our judgment, if you're in here saved tonight, you're going to go to the judgment seat of Christ. But there's a judgment coming. Uh, if you're lost, there's another judgment coming that, that, that'll determine whether you go to heaven or hell. And you're going to, that judgment, there is no out of that thing. Very few people get out of that thing. If you're on this side and you reject Jesus Christ, you just ain't going to get there. There ain't no way to do it. Felix trembled and answered, go that way uh, for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. And he left bon Paul bound. Go over to 20, 26. 26. Verse 21, for these calls, Paul's now talking, Felix left, left uh, Paul in prison for a couple years. Brother, you got to get in your mind that the Holy Spirit, God sometimes will leave you right where you are uh, just to get your attention and to, he's growing you. You know what he did for Paul? Paul's been in prison here for two years. Felix, le Felix left him. After two years being in prison, this is Paul. He's getting out in front of Festus. Verse 21, for this cause, the Jews caught me in the temple uh, and went about to kill me. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both the small and great, saying none other things than those which, were, which the prophets and Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and show light unto, unto the people and unto the Gentiles. And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself much learning to make thee mad. Has anybody ever said that to you? My brother said that to me. He says, you got too much learning. Your brains are going to blow up. I said, no, man. I said, I'm stupid. I'm ignorant, man. I said, I know guys who walk in circles. They just leave me in the dirt. I said, if you think I'm smart, man, you must really be ignorant. <laughs> he goes, for, for the king knoweth, uh, and Paul, but Paul's, Wise man, wise man, he says 25, but he saith, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth with soberness. For the king, now he's talking to Agrippa, for the king knoweth of these things, before whom also I speak freely. 
For I am persuaded that none of these things, talking about Christ and all the stuff he's talking about, that Christ should die for our sins, that he was buried, he rose again the third day, that he was meant to come in the world, that he should suffer like he did. He said, this stuff didn't go by. He goes, I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in the corner. Jesus Christ never did what he did in, in hiding. It was right out in front of everybody. You know what's wrong with a lot of people? They try to hide what they're doing. You can't. That's not God. Your life should be an open book. It should be flat out right in front of everybody, man, that they can see exactly what you're doing. There shouldn't be nothing hidden. When it is, you're giving the space for the devil. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know thou believest. Paul was a certain man. He knew exactly when he said something, he had, he had the courage to say something. He didn't care whether he's in bonds and the king was sitting there and the guy could put him back in prison. He didn't care. You know what Agrippa said? Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to become a Christian. That is the Holy Spirit working in those men's lives right in front of you. Did they ever trust Jesus Christ? Don't know. No account. But what you can see is the Holy Spirit, and Paul is doing the exact same thing the Holy Spirit is. He's bringing judgment, sin, and righteousness right in the front forward. And if you can't meet those qualifications, if you can't be sinless, if you are not righteous... If you, are not, if you don't realize there's a judgment out there, if you can't get through that judgment, you're going to have to get somebody who will get you through. And the Holy Spirit loves you. People say, well, the Lord hates us. No, he loves you enough that he sent him that he will tell you about those three things, that you're a sinner. And the only way to get out of that sin is trust Jesus Christ. That you're, the righteousness is God. Now we're going to get into righteousness. Man, I like righteousness. Righteousness is cool, man. I got righteousness because of God Almighty. Because I, he goes of righteousness, verse 10, because I go to my Father. That's the Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit's job is to convince you. The Holy Spirit never seeks himself. You know, you go into a lot of churches, they say you got to speak in tongues. That's heresy. What they're trying to do is lift the Holy Spirit up and, and magnify the Holy Spirit and then get him magnified in your life. That is not what you want. The evidence of the Holy Spirit is, is going to show up in your life, but it's going to be in, in the, the realm of Jesus Christ. You're going to be magnifying Jesus Christ. You're going to tell people how to get saved. Christ died for your sins, not the Holy Spirit. Was buried, not the Holy Spirit, and rose again the third day. Now, all three of them are one. People, uh, me and Dr. Rubin got into it one time. We were sitting there talking, and, and he goes, the Holy Spirit can't ever be out of the, uh, out of the universe. I said, yeah, man, he's, he's, but his job is different. And the Lord's job was different, and the Father's job is different. Each one of them has a job that they're doing, and in that job qualifications, they meet the qualifications of that job. When things change... It, when the, guess what? When the rapture changes or takes us out of here, everything changes. And the Holy Spirit's now got another job he's going to do over in the tribulation, which is totally different in the Daniel 70th week. But anyways, of righteousness, I go because I go to my father. The Holy Spirit never seeks, uh, sets himself above the Lord, only magnifies Jesus Christ. When you start looking at that, he does it. The perfect requirement for a sinless standard was Jesus Christ. There is no other way. If you're going to have a mark to shoot at to get to heaven, when you go through history and you start looking at all of them, you look at Muhammad, you look at all of them, every single one of them, you're going to miss, they're all going to miss the mark. They will not get you in. Uh, Adam, Noah, Moses, David, Judah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Paul, Hezekiah, Peter, James, Job, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Mother Teresa. None of them is going to get you into heaven. You need that perfect standard. And that standard is God. Go to Romans, Romans chapter 10. I like my Bible, man. I'll shut up here. I'll, I'll shut up here a second because I ain't going to stay here all night. I'll, we can come back to this next week. Romans chapter 10. Well, we won't do it next week because we got 
uh, preachers next week. Ten. Paul's talking here. Paul's the greatest Christian in your, I mean, in, in history, man. He's it. He's the guy. He said, be ye followers of me as I am of Christ. You know what you need to do? You need to look at Paul. Say, Paul, what do you want? Well, Paul then brings you understanding of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, all the books of the Bible. Paul opens those things right up to you. Brethren, my heart's desire. What's your heart's desire right now? Stop and think, what do I want right now? That'll tell you a lot about yourself. Paul says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. You know, Paul had got to a point in his life where he realized life and death is, is sure. And every single one of us, uh, the only person that is eternal, and that, that, that priest preacher this morning did say that. He goes, the only thing that is eternal in the universe is Jesus Christ. God, the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. That is the only eternal thing. Everything else is finite. It, it disappears. It lives and dies. Jesus Christ goes on and on and on. And actually, your soul lives on for all eternity, someplace. And guess what? You get the privilege of choosing that place. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. You know, that's back in the Proverbs. They have no knowledge, wisdom. Why? They rejected God. They rejected Jesus Christ, hung him on the cross. They rejected the whole thing. They've rejected it for eternity. Here in Romans, Paul's telling that. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. So if I ask you what God's righteousness is, what would you say? Let's read on. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about establishing their own righteousness, that's what we do have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law of right for righteousness to everyone that believeth. You know what God's righteousness is? It's Jesus Christ. You want to get to heaven, you're going to have to be righteous like God. Well, you can't be without some help. And there's somebody who's got help. The cure is Jesus Christ. I'm a sinner. I'm on my way to hell, 1980, back porch, Louisville, Kentucky. I'm, I'm, I'm gone, man. There's nothing. I know it. I know there's no way I can reach him. The, the gap is too big. He said, let me introduce you to my son in whom I'm well pleased. <laughs> he did it, as a matter of fact. He did it. He came and lived just like you did. He was born of a woman, just like you were. He lived 33 years. Yeah, you a little bit. I was only 22 at the time, so he lived long, a little bit longer than I did. I'm 65 now, so I've lived a little bit longer than he has in the flesh. He, he lived 33 years. He went in front of a bus. He never did anything wrong. Not one time. Not once. Not once. He never sinned. Not once. Tempted. The devil tempted him three times. Not once. Why? You know why he didn't sin? He knew exactly who he was. You know why we mess up? Because you don't know who you are. I still mess up and know who I am. <laughs> I, if you don't know who you are, you can, there's no way you cannot mess up. But Jesus Christ never messed up once. He stood in front of Pilate and he goes, Pilate goes, what is truth? And it's right in front of him. He goes to the crucifixion. He never walks away from that thing. He said, I could have called 12 legion of angels. You know what most people will do? They'll get themselves into a position that they caused, and then they'll do anything they can to get out of it. He got into the position that he caused, and he went right on through it. He could have called 72,000 angels, at a, and that's just a drop in a bucket. One, Michael or Gabriel would have took the planet out. 
He, he said, don't you know I could call seven, 12 legions, that's six, a minimum of 6,000 a legion. And he didn't. He went right on the cross. And when he did, he died, he was buried, and he rose again the third day. 1 Corinthians 15 says Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. He was buried, according to the scriptures, and he rose again the third day. But that don't get you there. Just knowing that won't do it. Good Catholics all know that. But you get over Romans 10, 9, 10, it says, Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thine heart that God will raise you from the dead. Thou shalt. When you believe that thing, that he did it for you, and you ask the Lord to save your soul, you're in, man, it's done. It's, the transaction is boom, it's done, it's gone. That's God's righteousness. That can only occur by knowing Jesus Christ. I read over in Proverbs. Those guys sitting in Proverbs, he said, if you don't do this, if you don't seek wisdom, if you don't seek understanding knowledge, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you don't have your eyes set on God to show you what to do, you'll go the other way. He said, It'll, you'll just keep going and going and going and going and going. And pretty soon I'll laugh at you because you'll come back when you get in trouble. And you'll want help when you're in trouble. But you could have avoided every bit of that trouble by doing the other thing. But you didn't want to do the other thing. Why do we do that? I heard Dr. Roman one time we were sitting there and he goes, sitting in a big old church full of people. And he goes, you know what's wrong with a lot of you people? He goes, y'all sit in an air-conditioned building today. And you're sitting on seated on, on comfort uh, or padded pews. And you got everything and all this other stuff. You hear the word of God. And you won't come to the altar when you should. But boy, you'll get out there one day and your car will tub upside down and you got hit and gas is dumping all over the place, getting ready to explode. And you go, oh, God, oh, God, get me out of this. He goes, why won't you do it when you're right here? And I thought, man, I said, that makes a lot of sense. All those guys, none of them could do it. He proves to you that you are not righteous. That's the Holy Spirit's job. That's what he did to Festus and Felix and Agrippa. And they all got it. Every one of them got it. The only one human being ever to meet the standards of God was Jesus Christ. And that's why there's only one way to heaven, because you have to, you are a sinner. You get to Romans chapter 3, 19, you get in there, and it starts talking about what happens to you when you get saved. And when you trust Jesus Christ, he takes your sin and gives you his righteousness. He's the only one that can transfer that righteousness to you and take your sin. That's why it's just about Jesus. It's not about anybody else. And it's not about doing good. And it's not about being perfect. I remember people say, well, when I get to a place where I'm, you'll never be there. It's appointed on a man once to die. But after this, the judgment. You know what it is? It says, you should never wait, man. Come now, saith the Lord. I mean, you should never wait. You should get saved as soon as you possibly could. As soon as you understand that thing, you jump on that thing. Uh, Romans 3, 21 through 26, we read that. We read 10. I like Festus. So we're talking about righteousness, and then he goes of judgment. Judge, I'm going to stop here, man. I'll get judgment next time. But brother, judgment's coming, one way or the other. I, would, I tell you what, I would rather take the judgment seat of Christ over the white throne judgment any day of the week. I would rather take the judgment seat of Christ and have him whoop me across the universe, which he probably could be, could happen, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, I sometimes think, it's a, when you get to heaven, I tell people, when you get to heaven, you'll get what you deserve. And then I started thinking, man, I said, man, Lord, what do I really deserve? <laughs> you got to stop and think about that thing, because what have I done? I mean, he's given all us a pound, each one of us in this room. You know, he doesn't look at your intelligence or anything else. He gave everybody the exact same thing. What you do with what he gives you is really up to you. How much effort you put into what he gives you is really up to you. You can take the pound, stick it over here, and go do whatever you want to do. You're going to come back, guess what? His pound isn't going to increase. 
Or you can take his pound and try to increase that thing and make something out of it. And one guy got five pounds and one guy got 10 pounds. And the guy who got one pound, man, he got in trouble for it. And he got taken away what he had. But the other two got praises for one guy got five pounds or two pounds. The other got five. And he, he said, hey, man, you, both of you done great. They both got praise from the Lord Jesus Christ for what they did. You, everybody's not the same. So don't compare yourself to everybody else. That's a ploy of the devil, man. You are not me and I am not you. But I'll tell you what, you can do what God says you can do. The Lord Jesus Christ will put you in a place that nobody else can. And if you understand what the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, there's nothing wrong with, with Paul didn't care about telling somebody about sin. And he didn't care about telling somebody about temperance. And he didn't care about telling somebody about judgment. And he didn't care about telling them about righteousness. He didn't care about none of that stuff. You know what he did? He told them. And then it's their job to do with it what they want. A wise man will see Jesus Christ and accept him every single time. A foolish man won't. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Lord, uh, the Holy Spirit, thank you for the Holy Spirit in our lives. Lord, I'm trying to get across to us that, uh, Lord, he is what we need in our lives. Uh, we need his, uh, his guidance, his direction, uh, Lord, and, and he has characteristics, Lord, that once we understand what he does and how he does it, Lord, we can uh, assume and we can start doing what we should be doing Lord, to make sure that he stays in our lives and that we don't grieve him or quench him. Lord, that we don't push him out, Lord, or do things, Lord, that's going to grieve the Holy Spirit, Lord, that our access to God, that our access to you is always open. And you said over in Hebrews, come boldly unto the throne of grace. Lord, help us keep that, that access open all the time. Lord, there's people that are dying on their way to hell that need to hear the gospel. Lord, help us to be like Paul, that no matter what condition we're in or how long we've been in that condition, that, Lord, would still be able to tell somebody about Jesus Christ in, a, in such a way, not like that preacher today, Lord, but in such a way, Lord, that they see the concern in our hearts and, and, and that our desire for them also to come to know the Savior is their Lord and Savior also. Uh, bless the prayer service, and Father, again, we'll praise you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen.